0: Dreaming of Sunshine, by Silver Queen Chapter 99 This is a wonderful day. I've never seen this one before. Maya Angelou I stopped in a bathroom and splashed cold water on my face, trying to control my trembling. My face in the mirror looked pale and wan. What an emotional wreck of a day. Wrung out, didn't even begin to cover it. And yet, of all the ways that that conversation could have gone, all the permutation I'd run through in my head, that had been the best. Better than I dared to hope, truthfully. I wasn't in trouble. It was a weight lifted off my shoulders. Only one of many, granted, but the absence of it made the others seem less daunting. I had handed over information that I shouldn't have had, and it had been okay. No, more than that, I had handed over information on Akatsuki. I had done something about Akatsuki. Whether it paid off, whether it meant anything in the long run, I couldn't tell. But I had done something. It was like walking along a very long road, heavy step by heavy step, seemingly endless and impossible, only to look back and find you were halfway up a mountainside. There was still a long way to go still the rest of the mountain to climb, but I had managed to come further than I thought. And there were paths ahead of me now, ways I could keep moving forward easier and easier. If I found more information, I could hand that over too. People could prepare. We could be ready for it when it came. I dried my hands briskly and headed back towards the sensory squad. Tsume had a whole new pile of paperwork waiting for me, which she cheerfully dropped into my hands. I slid back into my chair. Promotion paperwork? Kiba asked, reading the header upside down. What, you didn't do it already? I am disappointed. I tapped the second line with my pen, directing his eyes. No, he said. You didn't! There was a brief flurry around the table as we proved just how easily Sensory Specialist Ninja could cheat on paperwork. Uh, surprise? I said, shrugging awkwardly. There was a resounding silence. Then Sasuke flat out rolled his eyes at me. No one is actually surprised, he said, tone implying you idiot in the exact same fond intonation he would have used on Naruto. Oh. I said, intelligently, blinking at the faces of my friends who were acting like this was, to some degree, expected. Oh. I will admit to a small degree of surprise, Shino said. Why? Because of your specialization. I was not previously aware that your sensory abilities were so advanced. However, today was sufficient evidence that I was merely lacking in information. He adjusted his glasses. I blinked at him. Um... Thanks, Shino, I said, still utterly floored. They hadn't doubted it at all, had they? Somehow they had looked at me and thought I could do it. Right here, in the absence of reaction, was the support I'd been looking for. They had never even thought to doubt it. Come on, you can't be that surprised, Kiba said. You were there. That thing where you fought a Jinchuriki? Ring any bells? Gara is the Kazekage now, I blurted out unthinkingly, because Tsunade had just told me and the fact was right at the tip of my tongue. It was a mistake. Sasuke very calmly put his head down on the table. Kiva started laughing so hard he wheezed. I waved my hands, flustered. Stop it! Oh, sure, Kiva said as he gasped for breath. I have no idea why you were promoted. His voice went high like he was mimicking a conversation. Oh, that's just Chicago shadow killer. I can't believe they even gave her a tuning vest. Standards must be slipping. I kicked him underneath the desk. Okay, you made your point. I dove back into my paperwork before things got even further out of hand and ignored them all. They were mostly finished, having completed theirs while I was busy with other things. All right, brats. Tsumei said, when the table started to get too rowdy. Hand it in and get out of here. Be here tomorrow morning and we'll get you set up with training plans and all that. I scrawled the last signature on the page and dropped my pen. Not the most informative of instructions, but it would have to do. And I'd have to drop by the intel division after to get that sorted out. I went home. Tadaima, ma I called, shucking my shoes and hanging my vest on the coat rack. Everyone was sitting down for dinner, and I gladly made myself a plate in the kitchen and joined them. Busy day? Dad asked mildly. I got promoted to special Jonin, I said, equally mildly. Huh. He was the only one in the room that outranked me now, come to think of it. That was weird. It had been weird enough being the same rank as Mum, let alone higher. Gratifyingly, even Dad looked surprised by that one. But, what? Shikamaru asked. As far as first words said to each other after a fight went, they weren't bad. In the sensory squad, I elaborated, smiling just a little. Oh, and I signed up for a three-month rotation in the intel division, I nodded to myself in satisfaction. They probably wouldn't even find that too strange. Konoha had a policy for tuning her higher ranks, though it was obviously flexible, especially for people in high demand, that they should do three months of in-village work every three years on duty, at the tower or gate duty and patrolling or teaching or any of the other in-village positions. It could be all one at once in a chunk or spread out over the years. It helped ensure that there were enough shinobi staffing the important positions in the village and to remind people of what it was they were fighting for. And possibly, though no one said to give individual shinobi a, sh- a period of lower intensity and less dangerous work the fact that Tsunade had specified 3 months means that the easiest possible conclusion was that that was what I was doing and at the same time the time constraint was reassuring it wasn't permanent if i didn't like it if it wasn't helping it was only 3 months and i could go back to doing field work that's lovely dear mom said as looks were exchanged around the table What are you doing? I shrugged. I don't know yet, I said. I have to go in tomorrow and find out. We might be working together then, Shikamaru said. We might, I agreed, even though I didn't think it was very likely. The next morning, I woke up early. "'Morning,' I said to Mom as she started cooking breakfast. Sometimes I wondered if she was actually a morning person, or if she had just decided at some point that someone needed to make sure we all actually got up, and no one else was going to do it. It was a labor of love that we never thanked her for. "'I'll feed the deer. Let Chica and Dad sleep in, yeah?' I slipped out the back door and into the forest towards the deer pens. They were mostly empty. The majority of the deer wandering in the larger fenced-off areas of the clan grounds, but there were feeding troughs and water that needed to be refilled and checked. I was mostly done when Dad wandered out, casual and vestless, and leaning against the post. I called a greeting, but finished up before I went over, hauling myself up to sit on the fence. The empty feed bucket drummed against my leg, so I balanced it on my toes just to see if I could. It was barely difficult. You're up early, Dad said, rolling his shoulders to ease them. I woke up early, I said, which was really all it was. Okay, there had been the requisite, I'm awake, but do I really want to be up, debate involved. But all said, I was still up under my own power. Excited for work, he asked, almost teasing. Nervous. I shrugged. Not really. Maybe a bit. I don't really know what it'll be like. Which might have worried me more, if that hadn't been what receiving missions was like. Any day could bring anything. I'd cope. I didn't think you were interested in the intelligence division, he said thoughtfully. I hummed and swung my feet. The bucket wobbled but stayed. Tsunade-sama suggested it, I said, because I doubted he'd remain in the dark about it. It's only three months anyway. I see, he said. And I wondered if he saw more than I did. Probably. It's not a bad plan. You'll have to grow into your new rank this way. I made a non-committal sound. There were probably more factors in play, especially given the grass situation. I hoped I wouldn't end up with anything like Sasuke's village grounding. That would just be a pain. The conversation faded out. I could have left it there. He wasn't asking anything else. He was just waiting. There was movement at the far end of the pens, by the gate towards the field. The doe hovered near the trees watching us, but didn't come closer. I looked away. Deer were shy creatures. They weren't like cows or horses that would tolerate or even enjoy human company. Even the domesticated ones were wild at heart. They didn't really do well with human intervention. You could kill them with kindness. I leaned back, lightly kicked the bucket up into my hands and inspected it. You'll look after Sheikah, right? I asked. The words hung quietly in the air, nearly mumbled. I hadn't said them loud. I hoped he'd heard, because I wasn't sure I could repeat them. Of course, Dad said, steady and calm. Serious. Factual. He would. I hardly needed to ask. He already had, hadn't he? I even heard them talking. I- I couldn't, I said haltingly. I- couldn't fix him. There was an empty, inviting silence. The words spilled out of me to fill it. He was hurting, I said. And I couldn't... I mean, I saw it. I knew. But I didn't... Of course I'd seen it. I wasn't blind. And even if I hadn't, it wasn't like Shikamado had let me forget that he'd seen me die and it had hurt him. I just... I'd just been trying to help him the way I wished he would help me. I'd been ignoring it and pretending everything was fine. But Shikamaru wasn't me. He wasn't exactly an emotional person. But he'd never held back when he was. If he felt like crying, he would cry and damn anyone who said anything about it. So maybe he had needed someone to let him cry. To acknowledge that pain. Only... I couldn't fix him, a repeated small. because I was trying to look after me. And if I'd been able to find my footing, to get back into the swing of dealing with life and missions and everything, then I could have sat down next to him and let him cry, and it wouldn't have only made me worse. But it hadn't happened like that. It's not, Dad said. Your job to fix your brother, Shikako. It's not your job to fix anyone but yourself. He took the bucket out of my hands, set it down on the ground, and took my hands in his own. My fingers were dwarfed by his, tiny and pale, and I had a moment of disconnect. These were a child's hands, not mine. But I twitched them and they moved and the feeling passed like a wave retreating from the sand. I'm trying, I said, voice small. I am, okay? I know, Dad said, so gentle, like I would spook and run. Maybe he was right. And if you needed us, any of us, to help with that, then we're here. My mouth twisted in a grimace, even as I tried to keep it flat. They all wanted me to talk about it, to drag everything up and lay it out in daylight to look at, like things that were painful got better when you poked at them. Maybe some of it, if I was careful, I could share. But even then, what could they do? Thanks, I said instead. I squeezed his hands and jumped down from the fence. Breakfast must be ready now. I'm hungry. After breakfast, I slipped out of the house. Mom and Dad were standing in the kitchen, arms around each other, talking in quiet murmurs. I didn't want to interrupt, so I waved goodbye silently and left, swinging by the Yamanaka flower shop to find Eno. Morning, I drawled, hands in my pockets. Ready for training? She smiled, the expression taking over her whole face. Sure am, she said brightly. You look cheerful this morning. So do you, I said back, slightly bemused. It wasn't exactly like I was singing and dancing over here. If possible, she beamed even harder. Eno snagged a cut flower from a vase and tucked it behind her ear, then grabbed a second one and did the same for me. There, she said in satisfaction, now you're just as pretty as me. I laughed. That'll take more than a flower, Eno. She linked her arm through mine and dragged me out of the shop. Can you help me with something? I asked, digging my hand in my pocket and pulling out my tuning earrings. I want to wear both sets. The hoops were for getting, studs for tuning. Beyond that, there was no tradition, and people wore whatever earrings they liked or nothing at all. But for all that it wasn't a tradition strictly adhered to, I didn't want to give it up just yet. "'You could put them in yourself,' Eno said, even as she took them from me. We paused, finding somewhere to stop that was out of the way. "'I want them to be even,' I said, because, yes, stabbing myself with things wasn't difficult. But even with a mirror, I probably wouldn't have made them match on both sides.' easier to get someone else to do it. She acknowledged the point, flicking them with medical chakra for sterilization and coating them for a sharp point. I held still while she pulled my ear and threaded it through, capping it with the butterfly and repeated the process on the other side. I didn't even feel it. She examined me critically, then nodded. Looks good. I smiled at her. Thanks. At the tower we milled around with the rest of the new sensory squad inductees, until Tsume came along with a bunch of scrolls and started herding us around. "'Tonbo! This one is with you,' she called, dropping a scroll into my hand and giving me a push in a specific direction. I staggered forward awkwardly until someone else appeared to respond to her directions. Tonbo, apparently, was a semi-familiar Chunin who had been part of the Konoha Chunin exam's proctors. He was fairly distinctive because he wore bandages that covered the entire top of his head, right down over his eyes, which did indicate a sensor because any ninja that wasn't using visual cues had to have something else going on. Come on then, he said cheerfully, and we escaped the chaos of the tower to somewhere quieter outside. So, in case you missed that, I'm Tombo Tobitake. I mostly work for the Intelligence Division, but I'm a specialized chakra sensor. For the next week, we're going to be working on the training plan Sume-senpai has given you and see how we can level out your abilities. Have you ever had sensory training before? Not really, I said, because no one had ever taught me how. Huh, he said and shook his head. Okay, I didn't believe it, but fair enough. We'll start from the beginning again. From the beginning really did mean from the beginning, and while it was and I was honest, a little bit patronizing to be told how to do things I'd been able to do since birth. I could see the logic to it, because sensing like this was kind of like sight. I'd been born knowing how to see, but at the academy we had done all kinds of visual recognition training to turn that sight into a usable, tactical ability. You could see, but that didn't always mean you knew what you were seeing, or remembered it, or knew how to interpret it. I hadn't started to get good at sensing, really good, until after graduation when I'd had to use it. So, yep, from the beginning it was. We blitzed through a lot of the instructions and exercises pretty quickly. Some of them would require repetition and practice to hone, but I didn't foresee that being difficult either. After lunch, we went sparring. Or rather, taijutsu-only blind fighting, because practical applications were the only things that mattered in the end. I had been practicing this, but it was immediately clear that I was miles outmatched. Still, I could hide my chakra, and that helped, though it didn't actually let me win or anything like that. "'Nice try,' he said, "'but there's a lot for you to work on.'" "'Thank you, Tombo sensei I said, gasping for air." It hadn't been the most intense spar I'd ever had, but it hadn't been slow, either. Taijutsu was high-intensity at the best of times, let alone when you were not entirely certain of what you were doing or where your opponent was. After he left, I dragged myself back to the tower to find out what I was doing for the intel division. The mission desk roster sent me up a couple of floors where I had to wait for someone to come and get me. Nara, right? A special Joni with dark sunglasses said, ambling out shortly after I arrived. Aobo Yamashiro, I'll be completing your induction. Induction, I asked as politely as I could. He walked me inside to an office that had, surprise, surprise, a whole pile of paperwork waiting for us. He hummed, moving behind the desk. There's a lot of paperwork and procedures you need to be filled in on before you can start working on anything else. Security clearances, door keys, all that kind of stuff. I nodded, sinking into the visitor's chair. Makes sense. Hokage-sama said you were training with the sensory squad at the moment, he said briskly. I'll roster you on for the afternoon shift for the first couple of weeks, then. It's a little quieter, so it's a good place to start. Konoha Tower was a 24-hour operation, so the day was broken up into three 8-hour shifts. Eight to four, four to midnight, and midnight to eight. Day, afternoon, and night. Sounds good, I said. It would mean a long day for me, but that was already going to be happening while I was trying to juggle both roles. He scribbled something down. Okay, the next thing is, you've been assigned to the cryptology team. I blinked. The cryptology team? I echoed. That wasn't what I expected. Tsunade had said, learn to do it properly, when she'd assigned me here, which I hadn't taken to mean codes. And while I was smart, I didn't actually have any particular training in codes or code-breaking. Everyone is in cryptology, Aoba said. Especially when they aren't. Okay, I said slowly. It didn't quite parse, but I got the idea. Layers within layers, underneath the underneath. Oh, this was going to be real fun, wasn't it? I was given keys and access codes, but not one of the spiffy intel uniforms. They were apparently for permanent staff only and didn't come in size tiny. Then we went for a tour of the facilities, which areas I could access, which I couldn't, where the lines of security access were drawn and which ones I had and did not have, who worked in which areas and offices and which faces and names I would need to know. There were a lot of things to learn, and quickly. So, this is the Konoha Aviary, Aoba said, after we trekked up a long spiral staircase to a circular building built around a tree. It's a pretty important location. You'll be running messages to and from here a fair bit, I think. We ducked in to say hello to the two ninja on duty. You might be posted here for a few weeks to learn how to handle the birds, Aoba said. Er, you know, just in case. Just in case I needed to send messages without having to go through official channels? Just in case I received messages not through official channels? Just in case I was in the field when one found me? Just in case they didn't have enough people? There were a lot of potential just in cases. And our last stop, he said, the Konoha cryptanalysis team. The office building he led me into was almost like a library. The walls were lined with shelves and books. He introduced me to the head of cryptology, Mitoku, who was a friendly middle-aged man who didn't seem too perturbed at having random ninjas shoved into his division. Shiho can get you started, he told me. There'll be a free desk around somewhere. Maybe down the back? Shiho turned out to be a pale blonde teen wearing a pair of crazy spiral glasses. She seemed just on the edge of frazzled and overworked, which was a feeling I could sympathize with. Hi, yes, she said, rattling on and winding through the stacks of books to a work area with empty tables. You should have a desk. This one used to be Amaya's, but she left to go and have kids, so no one is using it now. Anyway, it's got a lockable drawer, which you should put any secure information you're working on into. Also pens. Pens always go missing around here. You should protect them. The desk was a basic plywood thing, and the drawer didn't look too flash, either. It had a simple lockbox key, and I was pretty sure it wouldn't have even taken me a second to pick. But there was a strip of seal stuck to the inside lip of the drawer that was much more interesting. I recognized a few at first glance, and could tell that initial easy-to-pick assumption would probably only result in tears and pain. She pulled me along. So, this shelf is our sir's paperwork. Sir's? I asked, recognizing that it was a descriptor but having no idea what it actually meant. She looked distressed, shifting her glasses. Classified information reporting system, she rattled off. There are processes that we have to follow when we're retrieving information, depending on what security clearance it is and who coded it and who it's for. Don't worry, Aoba cut in. I'll cover all of that. You just go on with the tour. Ah, paperwork systems. That I could handle. I'd worked with nightmare systems before in science laboratories. Somehow, that experience had not been so relevant to my ninja career before. Well, she said, taking down one of the folders and dropping it in my arms. You'll need to read the overview, and maybe one of- for the ICRS? She dropped another folder on top of the first. Anyway, so over here is the codebook archive. These are only the low-clearance ones, so mostly they're inactive, but you should probably read this, because it covers Konoha's most commonly used ones. She plucked a book off the shelves, which was intimidatingly large. Sometimes we get to decode historical messages, which is always quite fun. Or people use them in a hurry when they can't remember anything else. She dragged me along the shelves. They all looked the same to me at this point. And over here is the ciphers. Substitutions over here, transpositions over there. She shifted her glasses again. Of course, all these have been decrypted, so if we see them in a message, we can break in almost instantly. I looked at the shelves. They towered. Right, I said, almost overwhelmed. She piled a few more books into my arms. These are just basic introductions, she said blithely. They'll help you get started. I put the pile of books back on my desk. Aoba looked amused. Okay, I said. Where do we start? Sirs? A few steps further back, he said. Welcome to the exciting world of tower paperwork. If you thought mission reports were bad, you're in for a nasty surprise. Several hours later, I was about 70% certain that Aoba was taking joy in introducing the system in the most confusing ways possible. I was not going to let him win. You cannot be this complicated and still work, I thought at it. No one would be able to track anything. Though, maybe that was the point. Maybe the labyrinth twists of paperwork were only there to distract those unfamiliar with them. A line of defense to keep secret information secret. Or maybe I had just been reading the same sentence over and over again too many times. Shiho knocked politely on my desk, clearly in lieu of having a door to introduce herself on. We're all going to dinner now, she said. There's a little kitchen next door where we all eat. My eyes were drawn to the clock. 8 p.m., it felt like it, and it didn't at the same time. Aoba stretched. "'I'm gonna go pick something up,' he said. "'Be back here in half an hour.' I stood, then realized I hadn't come prepared. "'Ah, I didn't bring anything with me,' I said, chagrined. I hadn't expected to spend a shift here immediately. Shio touched my shoulder. "'It's okay,' she said. "'I keep extra stuff here, just in case it gets too busy. "'You can have some.' Thank you, I said, genuinely touched. That's very kind. She showed me where the small kitchen was, which was homey and nicely appointed. It had a fridge, microwave and toaster, hot water zip, and two coffee makers. There was a table crammed in, with an excess of chairs scattered around it. There were already a couple of people sitting down, eating, one flicking through a book one-handed. I felt awkward and out of place, but Sheho chattered on. I tried gamely to keep up once she- started actually talking about her work, but it flew over my head, and the most I could do was keep prompting with questions. Have you done your OR hours this week, Shiho? one of the other ninja at the kitchen table asked. It had the tone of both a frequently asked question and a reprimand. Shiho wilted a little. But I've been so busy, she said, and it was nearly a whine. OR? I asked, again missing the meaning behind the acronym. I foresaw this happening a lot in the next few weeks. Operational readiness, sheo translated gloomily. We have to do four hours of physical training a week, but it's not like I'm ever going to go on missions, so I don't see why I have to do it. Do you know how much I can get done in four hours? You still have to do it, her colleague replied. Besides, it means you get paid for leaving the office. Can't beat that, right? I could help, I offered hesitantly. If you wanted. She was helping me adjust to this place, after all. It was only fair to offer the same in return. And anyway, I was a field ninja. Physical training, I could do. It would be nice to train with someone again, she said a little wistfully. It was an agreement, but it was close. The second half of my shift was much quieter. Apparently, a fair portion of the people who had been here hadn't been on afternoon shift. They'd been day shift people doing overtime. And that... That said more to me about how busy Konoha was than any number of field missions had. Maybe more experienced ninja could have said, from the number of missions we were doing, that Konoha was short-staffed and overworked, but it was the only way I'd known missions to be. But the implications with shifts was that you did your time and that was it, not that you did your time and then four hours of overtime just to keep things ticking along. It was easy to forget that Konoha was in the process of recovering, that there was a looming threat of war on the border, and that tied up resources, too. All right, Oba yawned when the clock ticked over to midnight. That'll do for now. We'll get into the rest of it tomorrow. Rest of it? Well, I look forward to it, I said, unenthusiastically. He cracked a smile. That was the pattern my next few days fell into trading with tombo sensei during the day which lasted four or five hours depending on how much time he had a few hours to myself then afternoon shift spent following aoba senpai around while he explained the process and systems and paperwork there was a lot of paperwork i did a lot of fetching of coffee so at least i was being useful i left the tower at midnight with the lucky few that weren't pulling overtime and was surprised to see Kakashi-sensei lounging casually against a lamppost reading his icha-icha. "'Oh, Shikako,' he said with exaggerated surprise. "'What are you doing here?' I rolled my eyes, like he just happened to be here as I was leaving. I strolled forward and tucked myself under his arm. I hadn't seen him since the disaster of a dinner party, And though part of that was because I was busy, I half suspected there were more elements to it than that. But it was also midnight, and I wanted to go home. I tugged him forward so he was walking with me. He came obligingly. Hi, Sensei, I said, because it'd been a long day, and I wasn't really prepared to play games. What's up? He hummed and made noncommittal noises for a bit, then said, Team training. I leaned into him. I'm training with the sensory squad, I said, because he obviously knew I was working at the tower. 8 a.m. onwards. I don't have time. He was silent. I can't believe I'm saying this, he muttered to himself, then louder. Tomorrow, training fields, 5 a.m. My feet stalled. 5 a.m.? He drew away and gave me an eye smile. Don't be late, he admonished and vanished. I was left standing in the middle of the street with a perplexed expression. But 5am the next morning saw me out at our training fields, cradling a thermos of coffee, and thinking dire threats to Sensei if he was pulling something funny. But Sasuke was there, looking just as annoyed. So Kakashi Sensei had obviously got to him too. Mutely, I offered him my coffee. He took it. You have no idea either, do you? I shrugged. Not a clue. Awkwardly, he pulled a small box out of his pockets and threw it at me. Here, he said, looking away. He said it was tradition. I caught it, confused. What's tradition? Presents, Sasuke clarified. For promotions. He took a drink of my coffee, not wanting to say anything else. I blinked slowly. Oh, I said. I didn't get you anything. I should have got Sasuke something, shouldn't I? That sounded like a thing I should have done. We all made tuning. That doesn't even count, he said. Your other promotion. Oh, I thought sheepishly and opened the box. There was a set of earrings inside, silver hoops with a dangling green stone. They were... Nice. Sasuke was definitely avoiding looking at me now. Tradition. I cleared my throat. Thanks. You know, uh, it's our clan tradition. The earrings, I mean. The first set is handed down from your parents, and the second gets given to you by your sensei, but there's no third set. That came out wrong. It sounded ungrateful. I didn't mean it like that. I mean, I didn't expect more. It's... It's right. Thank you. I fumbled the words and didn't look up to meet his eye. Right. "'Way to accept a present, Chicago. I slipped them out of the box, unhooking the set of hoops I was wearing and exchanging them. I weighed them carefully in my hand, an idea forming. It was a little silly, but... "'Um, these are heirlooms,' I said. "'Not important ones or anything. "'They don't really mean anything, but they belonged to my uncle when he was a genin, "'and probably to someone else before that, I guess.' I'm supposed to pass them on. I shrugged awkwardly. It wasn't like I ever planned to have kids. There'd be no one to pass them on to, and Team was family, right? Uh, so really, if you want? I pressed them into his hand. You don't have to wear them or anything, I rushed on, voice getting smaller and smaller. There was a moment of dizzying silence. Sasuke coughed. Uh, right. Thanks? He regarded the hoops in his hand with bemusement. How do they go on? I threaded them on like Ino had done to me only days earlier. He shook his head, clearly testing the weight of them as they moved slightly. Looks good, I offered uncertainly. They were mostly hidden by his hair anyway. Sasuke took a mouthful of coffee, then offered the thermos back to me. We had nearly finished it by the time Sensei showed up, which is barely even late for him. First rule, Kakashi sensei said. Eyelid only half open. You do not mention this to anyone, especially not Guy. We blinked at him. Sensei, trust me, he said, blinking slowly. This hurts me just as much as it hurts you. But we don't have much time, and you need to start learning this. He threw me a Konoha style tanto, a short sword, which was a fairly common piece of equipment. Well. I had been meaning to learn some kenjutsu, hadn't I? A second one went to Sasuke, though it was older and more worn. Even at first glance, the hilt and handguard were different in style. Sasuke thumbed the sheath down, and the blade was sharp and bright. Chakra saber, Kakashi-sensei muttered, quietly and quickly, like if he said it fast, it wouldn't have any meaning. No point in only having one legendary blade on the team. Anyway, you'll pick this up fast enough that it'll be useful. Just be careful. It's fragile. I struggled not to raise my eyebrows at him. Sasuke didn't appear to recognize the significance of it, which was probably what Sensei wanted. So, Kakashi Sensei went on, drawing another standard Tanto that had been strapped to his lower back. Time to learn, my cute genin.